0: This episode is brought to you in collaboration with Temple Spa. Hello, hi, and welcome to another episode of the Emma Gunn Show. I am your host, Emma Gunn-Awardner, and in this beauty special, we're going to get to know Temple Spa and its co-founder and co-owner, Liz Warren. Liz and her husband Mark were actually two of the very first people I met when I started working on magazines. We had a lovely lunch where they told me all about Temple Spa, which at that point, back in 2003, was still a very young brand. And they also shared with me their stories of working in the beauty industry before they established their own brand. Temple Spa is about creating excellent skincare and exceptional well-being experiences, as well as empowering men and women to run their own skincare business by becoming a Spartago lifestyle consultant. It's such a joy to get to chat to Liz again and find out how the brand has evolved. It's now in its 21st year, which means that launch was 18 years ago, and also get the chance to tap into Liz's insights, expertise, experience, and as you'll hear, her endless positivity. In this episode, Liz and I discuss the way in which the industry has changed in the time she has worked in it, why failures are often so much more meaningful in the long term than success. Why it's so important for Temple Spa to have a family feel to the business. How being fearless has helped her lean into risks and not shy away from them. And the one Temple Spa product she wishes everyone could try so they could feel the magic of what they do. And much, much more, of course. All the links to Liz, Temple Spa and everything we discuss will be in the show notes. But for now, please do join me in welcoming Liz Warren, co-founder and co-owner of Temple Spa on The Emma Gunn Show. Welcome to the podcast, Liz Warham. How are you?
1: So good, Emma. Really good to see you and talk to you.
0: You always have the. You always seem like you're in such a good mood, Liz. (laughs) Well, yeah, I am actually. I'm generally
1: a really positive person, but uh, so when I'm not, if I ever kind of look a little bit serious people say oh what is the matter because I'm a bit typecast with being very positive yeah I am blessed with having a pretty positive disposition <laughs> so.
0: oh that's nice I always I have fond memories of meeting you very very early on in my beauty career and just being completely bowled over at how how much energy and positivity there was with you and Mark obviously your husband who runs yeah. the business with you
1: Oh, that's a nice memory. Well, likewise, likewise. Yeah. We we met in the OXO Tower, didn't we? Had a really
0: nice lunch. <laughs> we did. We had a nice lunch in the in the OXO Tower. And that was when I first 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 started out in journalism. And I thought it was I still hadn't got my head wrapped right around the fact that you got to go to nice restaurants for lunch because the OXO Tower would have been like a somewhere you'd get taken in my past life you know on your birthday or something (laughs) trotting out there for a lunch to go and meet new people it was all very exciting anyway you are on the show to talk about well actually your incredible career because one of the things that really struck me about that conversation that we had uh, at the Oxo Tower, which would have been 2003 Liz Oh, Um, my
1: gosh, that that means I'm 20 years older than that. I know. You don't look it, though. That's the
0: difference. (laughs) Neither do you. And um, I remember you were there to talk to me about Temple Spa, but you ended up telling me a lot about your career up to that point, which had, I mean, it was like a whistle-stop tour of some of the most iconic moments in the beauty industry and real moments that... I remember, I can't believe Liz was there. So um, we're going to talk about Temple Spot, obviously, but I wondered if we could talk about the fact that you do have this vast experience in the industry. You have been present in some of the most iconic moments and times. And so for you, what really stands out over the course of your career?
1: Um, I guess really, it sounds so... um like well prepared and as though I had a game plan and uh, I want to do this and I want to do that you know if you re-engineer your CV if you've been doing this long enough it can all sound so well put together but of course (laughs) it's not really like that and um, I kind of I got married very young and I don't think anything prepared me I'm actually still married to that person so that's good to know Um, (laughs) but I got married you know when I was 17 and um, wow so um, the plan to sort of go to uni and do all the things that my parents had planned for me didn't quite work out that way and they were thrilled with me marrying Mark and but it was very much right you're on your own love you know what are you going to do and nothing prepared me for how poor I was going to be when I got married and it didn't really suit me (laughs) I just thought (laughs) I don't really want to well I mean I haven't to spend my money on fairy liquid I mean you don't I don't want to do that so it's like If I want to have a nice life, and by that point, my husband and I decided that we wanted to travel, we wanted to move it to a pretty village in Suffolk. And if we were gonna do those things, I would need to, um, you know, supplement my income. And uh, you don't earn a lot of money as a dental nurse, which is what I was. And so I had an opportunity to join a company that had just launched in the UK. It was owned by Gillette. It was called Jaffra Cosmetics. And so I joined literally as a consultant and taking the products into people's homes and doing classes. And um, my my desire to earn money along with, I I guess I am quite gifted in communication and particularly with women. And as you say, I'm a very positive person. So there must've been something about me and my connect with people and of course great products and it just took off so by the time I was 20 I'd actually recruited 2,000 women to um, grow the business Uh, started in Suffolk then I went to Essex then I went to London and before you knew it I'd kind of sewn up the home counties and was driving a BMW and earning a lot of money and traveling to countries for that company at a very very young age Um, so that got me started And and then I kind of my next opportunity, which was a real game changer for me, was um, joining um, what at the time was Europe's largest um, cosmetic manufacturer. And my job was to come up with concepts that could be sold into companies like Marks and Spencer and The Body Shop and Next and so on, Selfridges. Um, If I could come up with ranges or ideas, then my job was to basically go from the A to Z Working with marketeers, working with designers, working with chemists, working with manufacturing because I was an account manager and these companies don't want to talk to 20 people. They want to talk to one person. So I suppose really I was kind of like a mini general manager. And so that really, I went to that company and they didn't have the body shop business, but I kind of charmed them in this interview into kind of making out that I knew Anita Roddick really well. And that was total exaggeration because, in actual fact, I've been privileged to go to the Savoy where she'd been given um, the Verve Clico. Woman of the Year Award and uh, but I was there with 2,000 other people as well but somehow in my interview when they said um, how well did I know the body shop I kind of turned that into yeah I was having lunch with Anita Roddick (laughs) a weeks ago. At the Savoy. (laughs) Exactly and uh, on my first day they went through my budget with me and told me I had to do two million pounds turnover with um, the body shop and so I said oh how much did they do last year and they said well no nothing we don't have that business but we've hired you because of your relationship with anita so i basically had to literally knock on the door um, met anita we hit it off and we created a brand for them and then she ended up recruiting me she ended up saying you know why don't you come work for me and manage the brand which um i did um manage the colorings brand within the body shop stayed there eight years and by then Mark was working with me and then I guess the next big um, chunk of my time was taken up in taking a business plan to Richard Branson Mm -hmm. Uh, and again we met with Richard, we went to his home, knocked on his door and literally presented a concept for a brand called V. And uh, by, by the end of our two hour meeting, we were only supposed to have 20 minutes with him, but it turned into two hours and he just said Virgin V, I like it, let's do it. So that became our startup venture, which really gave us the training and everything we needed to do for what we're doing today.
0: And that's, do you know what's so funny about that? As soon as you said body shop colorings, I just had a flash of a memory of a lipstick stain I used to have. (laughs) Isn't that funny? How even just mentioning the brand can just make me remember an old... And and do you know how
1: we came up with that product? Um, We were actually in Germany um, with um, a, a company that made all our pencils. And um, they also made, the company was called Schwan Stabilo, and they made those fluorescent markers. Mm. And I was actually really bored in the meeting because it was getting a bit operational. And so I, I, you know, checked out and I thought, wouldn't it be fun to color my lips? So I sat there and I took the bright pink marker, filled my lips in and said, could you ever make this with cosmetic ink inside? So we produced that pen that you're talking about so it came from sometimes ideas come from the strangest things and it comes sometimes with me being bored (laughs) it's dangerous
0: you know what's lovely about that is that you've just told the story about meeting Anita and charming Anita and meeting Richard and charming Richard and then you've just admitted to coloring in your lips with a highlighter in a meeting
1: (laughs) where the best ideas come from
0: Um, and that's what really fascinated me. I remember back when I met you in 2003, because I didn't actually really understand at that point being such a newbie journalist to, or being such a newbie beauty writer. I didn't understand the structure of how the beauty industry really worked. And so I knew people like Anita, very front-facing people, but I didn't really understand how instrumental people like you are in building brands, building businesses, coming up with new products, like a lip Mm -hmm. highlighter. Um... Were you pioneering or was that already going on or how was that? How were you finding a niche for yourself? Were you finding a role for yourself at all times whilst learning about the business? Um, sort of yes and
1: no. I'd lo- I, You know, it would sound very grand to say that I pioneered that concept. But I, I do think as a person, I'm a very, very curious person. I love listening to conversations. I always listen to conversations as a child. And my parents were fascinated by the fact I could join in adult conversation, even as a child, um, just interested in people. And one thing that really fascinates me is problems. What what ails you, you know, what irritates you? It, it, it's not just about your skin or your your makeup. Um, just in process at work. What, you know, why does it take you the time that it does? Is there a quicker, better way to do it? Could we get a better result? And I think I turned that into a craft. I think I've just managed to find gaps for things. Even in Marks & Spencer, you know, I went to Marks & Spencer, I had a very, very big target. I remember it was 2.5 million turnover I had to do and that, you know, I was was in my late 20s. And I thought the only way I can do this, Marks & Spencer were the masters of mimicking other brands. They didn't really generate their own ideas. So I thought, well, I think um, Estee Lauder is a beautiful brand. So why don't I come up with a mock? (laughs) Estee Lauder brand and it was called classics mm-hmm. and it was introduced and I came up with the concept and we came up with the merchandising and the packaging and the colours and the formulas and everything and that's just the way my mind works and um, I love to cook one of my passions is cooking and I think it's similar I think it's going to a restaurant and thinking "Ooh, what what is that taste what are what are the component parts of it and then going home and thinking. I'm going to copy that. I think you've either got a mind to do that or not. So I guess really, I've just found something I'm quite good at and fortunately
0: turned it into a career. Mm. So across all of those businesses and basically time as well, what, how do you think, how would you say the industry is fundamentally different from when you first started out versus today? Because it's such mm. a, there's been so much evolution.
1: Yes, that's that's really true. Well, I think a, one simple observation is there's many, many more brands now. You know, when we started Temple Spa in the year 2000, we decided that I mean, even then it was if I asked the question, what's the gap? There isn't a gap. The world's already got too many um, skin care, cosmetic, wellness brands um, even then. But it wasn't as a cluttered marketplace then. But i have got the great belief that if you want to do something and you've got enough passion you're just going to have to do it better don't be put off by the fact that there's a, a competition out there just do it heaps better and um, so i think um when we started temples there were a lot of brands but we just had this passion to have our own you know i'd proven i could do it for other people mark and i had been incredibly good nannies for other people. You know, we were amazing nannies to Anita and Gordon Roddick. It wasn't our brand, but we treated it like it was our baby and we handed it back to them and it was theirs. Um, But we looked after it. And with um, Virgin, I guess we came to the conclusion that we were sort of like surrogate parents, really. (laughs) We gave birth to that thing, but it wasn't ours. It was his. Mm. Whereas Temple Spa, you know, the difference was we wanted it to be ours so we could make decisions and inspire and influence it and, and put our love and passion into it because it's our child, so it ought to bear the hallmarks of us, but um, another um, change I think has greatly happened is that number of brands, it is more competitive, um, There's, it's also more bureaucratic. Um, you know there's a lot of red tape now um, we were able to create products and we made sure that they were safe and they have beautiful ingredients and they did what they said on the tin uh, but now oh my goodness me it's like jumping through the most enormous hoops and you know being governed by stupid legislation um, is tiresome and so it sort of slows up the process so the mind to market timing seems to have got protracted. Um, and that's quite challenging for a niche brand like us that likes to be nifty and, and get on with things. The, the major thing, of course, is technology, is the fact that when we started Temple Spa, we thought it was a big deal because we had a website, but there was no social media. You know, it was it, the whole world has changed so much. And so I think with the onslaught of social media and people having immediate access to things, and that's that's probably the greatest change
0: has that been a positive change in the sense that uh like you were talking about your early career and going out and recruiting consultants and sharing information obviously mm. with a website you can share that information in a format and a tone that you absolutely love so do mm. you embrace social media and uh, like your website in that way is almost an immersive yeah. experience like what you used to create for people
1: Absolutely, you, you have to, you have absolutely no choice. And um, even though, you know, I'm now 60, um, I surround myself with people in their 20s, 30s, 40s and 50s. And, and I have nieces and nephews that are in their teens. And so I've got a constant um, input to be relevant. Um, in the day and the age that we are so I'm not resistant to change at all I think one benefit of getting older is you have a wisdom that perhaps you don't have when you know like you talk about um, your early career you know 20 years later you've got huge amounts more wisdom so there is a benefit um, to doing life and using those experiences but I think you have to embrace it and I know another question you were going to ask me so I don't want to jump ahead but the thought of has has what has changed in the last 18 months Really, technology has helped further put us on the map, not further back. I think as an organization, you have to remain agile Mm -hmm. and you have to adapt. You can't resist change. You you can make choices about whether they are right for you and your business or your persona or whatever. But I think you absolutely have to feel the pulse, know what's going on in the ether and, and run with it.
0: One of the other things I wanted to ask you as well is the way that you describe your career, there's almost an element of you being a bit of a shooting star. It's what I describe people who sort of come in and then just sort of blaze their own trail. But whenever I've had people on this show and we've really interrogated their career path, there's always been mentorship or there's been someone or maybe more than one person who has been significant in that that journey. And I wonder if you have mentors or a mentor that you think made a significant impact on you?
1: Yes. I mean, my greatest mentor was not a business mentor, but um, she was my aunt. Um my mother's sister um it was like having another mother, which is just amazing. And she was my total hero. She was who I wanted to be and I loved her and she was beautiful and she'd traveled the world. And I, I used to say to us, you know, used to say to people as a little girl, oh my Aunt Rose has traveled halfway around the world and she correct me, she said, all the way around the world, darling, all the way. <laughs> <laughs> and she and there's, there's it that's actually loaded that statement because it made my world bigger. You know, I came from Suffolk. I came from a little village, and most people didn't travel outside of the county, never mind the country. Whereas to me, she was a world traveler. She'd done two maiden voyages, all you know, six months traveling around the world one way, and then six months traveling the other. She wasn't the brightest star at school. She struggled um, with academia, but she went on to be a head teacher and a leading influence in the world of education. And uh, she was an amazing person. And she just, her words to me, you can do it, darling. You can do it. You can do whatever you want. Even Mm -hmm. though she's not with me anymore, I kind of, uh, if I'm struggling with a decision or just anything, really, I sometimes just think, oh, what would Aunt Rose do? I can feel her on my shoulder. And then the answer comes. So that wisdom, and I now seek to be that for there's a number of people I mentor now and uh, you know, and nieces and nephews and things as well. And I just, I just wanna be a good voice into them um, and speak life into them. Um, but it's interesting. I'm often asked the question, you know, who's been your mentor? And I think people always think I'm gonna say Anita Roddick or I'm gonna say, you know, all these these people. I've got to be honest with you, she was an amazing person to work with, but I've had some really bad bosses. Not her, but I've had some really, really bad bosses. And that's actually taught me more Mm. about how to not manage like that. Um, I've been brought up the hard way. I've been brought up in a very cruel way and, um, you know, been shown up in meetings or, um, you know, politics, all of that horrible stuff, which I loathe. So I think my mission has been to eradicate that or reverse that behavior and think, well, I can be tough. I can be demanding. Um, I expect a lot, but I give a lot, but I'm kind, mm. you know, and I value kindness. I think it's a, a very important trait to have. And, mm. and actually in terms of the world of beauty, I've noticed that people that are kind are beautiful. It mm. just permeates through their skin and and their whole persona shines Um, people who are kind, because I think the opposite is true. People that are unkind get shriveled faces and they can put all the moisturiser they like in their life. They can spend their whole week in Harley Street getting fixed. But if they're not kind, it's going to show on their faces
0: it's funny you say that you know that saying that joan collins has i think it's joan collins that's it's attributed to you, which is you ever you get the face you deserve i always thought it was about kindness it was yes. only about five years ago someone said no she's talking about you've got to put the effort and do your night care you know you know your nighttime skincare <laughs> regime but i exactly like you i thought it was about you get the face you deserve because if you're a sourpuss you'll yeah, wear it that's right i believe it <laughs> i absolutely believe it um I didn't know about Aunt Rose, but one of my other things I was going to ask you about was about being fearless. And from you talking about her, I wonder whether she actually, I don't know whether it was being fearless, but whether that was an influence that meant that when you then went on and were making your strides in business, whether you were, maybe anything is possible. I'm not gonna say, I'm not going to believe it's not possible until I've tried is that a characteristic of yours?
1: I think it is. Um, I think Emma, the way I was brought up, maybe it was the era that I was brought up in because I don't see it so much now. We live in a cancel culture where people will decide I might come, I might not come, I might do this, I might not do this. Commitment is very low. Whereas for me, it's a very, very high deal. If I say I'm going to do something and I'm, I can say no, I have no problem in saying no. i become quite good at saying no. But if I say I'm going to do something, I really, really do it and I do it to the absolute best of my ability Um, and I'm committed. Um, Interestingly, when we get to fill out our kind of insurance details or investments, we're always asked, are you high or medium or low risk takers? And in our personal lives, I'm not sure that when it comes to investments that we're particularly high risk takers. But certainly in business, we have been really high risk takers. If you bear in mind, we started Temple Spa with our own seed fund. We have never had external funding um, or loans or investors. It's Mark and I, 100%. We still privately own the company, 100%. So we know what it's like to take risk and to sacrifice and, and to make things happen. But, you know, there was never a plan B. People used to say, so if it doesn't all work out, what are you going to do? It's like, well, it is going to work out. It absolutely is going to work out. There is no, I'm not even going to say those words Mm -hmm. because I think the power of speech is very important. And I think a lot of people waste their words with rubbish. You know, know, they're negative and they chitter chatter and, and bring those bad things into being because it's just they speak it out. And we've learned to be a little bit more conservative to make statements about you know, what we intend to do. And then all our effort goes into making that happen. So yeah, I think it probably is a a character trait and we're both very committed to that. We're both very positive and determined to make a success um, of what we do. So that risk kind of goes with it really.
0: Uh, you've already alluded to this but before we really dig into temple spa because obviously it has been he is hugely successful i wondered what were the things throughout your career before that the successes that you're most proud of or if there are any failures in particular that really shaped you i know you talked about bad bosses and seeing what not to do shaped how you do things moving forward did that also apply with successes and failures in terms of branding and brands and products
1: Absolutely. I mean, you, you do everything with the intent that it's going to work. It doesn't matter whether it's a marriage, if it's developing a product or whatever it is. You don't go into it thinking that it's going to fail. But I think you go into things with your eyes open and you have to weigh the cost. You have to measure the cost. Um, but I think that, um, you know, going into ventures means if you're frightened of making mistakes, well, you might as well just not even get up in the morning you might as well just stay in bed because every day we all have to face situations we can just be distracted and cross the road and someone mows us down you know I mean anything can happen but I don't live with a lot of fear no I I really don't I've got a very strong faith so I guess that grounds me and that just makes me feel there's more to life and there's more purpose and uh, than just you know what I'm doing today um but I yeah I've got I've forgotten
0: the question <laughs> the, the successes you're the successes you're yeah. proud of and the that's favorites right. that have shaped
1: right that's right my, my, one of my great skills is digression so forgive me
0: <laughs> um there why one. you're so great to go to lunch with
1: <laughs> well um I think you have to keep a sense of humor I really do you know This COVID situation has been so absolutely dreadful. And I've got friends, people in my world right now that are battling life-threatening diseases. And I have to just remind myself, honestly, if we get a product wrong, no one died. It really, you just got to get things in perspective And, and sweat. don't sweat the small stuff. You know, do the important things, make a difference, really make a difference in life, because that's what I want on my gravestone, that I actually made a difference. Um, And it might be to just one person. We support a charity that actually um, doesn't help that many people. It's a very select number of people who've got particular situation. But Mark always says, what's the price of a life? You know, what, what would you do to save your own child? what value do you put on a life? So I think you have to get things in perspective. And yes, I've made absolutely tons of mistakes. Things have often gone terribly wrong, what seemed wrong on the surface. But I've got a friend who gave um, um, his priest and he gave a sermon once and the most magical title ever was, we without an enemy your present becomes permanent so actually it takes sometimes really negative situations that on the face of it seem awful but in the fullness of time you think it was a blessing it was actually a good thing and and so you know if if if, if a, a relationship breaks up or you get made redundant or you know, you you have a debt situation. They're horrible, horrible things to have to deal with. But sometimes they are, in fact, the very turning point when your back's against the wall that makes you then seek the good thing, seek the right thing. So um, I don't, we don't fear failure. We've had masses of them, and we kind of you get to the point where you just have to say, okay, right, chalk it up, and you learn. You learn for the next time. It's like, well, we've been here before, and I think those things over time give you wisdom.
0: Yeah. Failures are um, stepping
1: stones to success. That's yes, they mean. truly are. They truly are. I know that Alan Sugar, um, I don't know if this is true or not, but it's reported that when Alan Sugar interviews someone, maybe he even does this on The Apprentice, he says, tell me all about your failures. And, and they, they thought the interview was going to be, Oh, tell me all about your successes. And he says, tell me about your failures. What did you do about them? How did you pick yourself up? Because actually your resilience uh, we can all do life on the mountaintop. But as Mark says in one of his great sayings is nothing really grows on the mountaintop. Things grow in the valley. So actually, sometimes the valleys of life are those things where you press in and dig deep and make changes that then move you on to more positive success or being a more holistic person in the future.
0: Yeah, it's very, very true. It's a good point. Well made. I like that, Mark. Does Mark have a lot of good sayings like that? He does. He does. He does. <laughs> <laughs> He's a good boy. Right. Let's really dig into Temple Spa now because I remember, so if I met you in 2003, that was a baby brand back then, but so much has happened. And even back at that lunch when I distinctly remember you on the table showing me new bits and bobs, it was all about high performance, but it was about this luxurious user experience and results. Mm. And so is that what's at the heart of it all? it's not just about the delivery of great skincare but it's about the feeling too
1: oh most definitely i think we're we're multi-sensorial people and so often in this industry people will look one dimensionally i mean how many times do you try an eyeshadow from a leading brand and the color is what attracted you and then you go to blend it and it doesn't blend and it's like who tried this (laughs) who actually developed this and tried this did you actually try it on your eyes And I've worked with a lot of development people that don't actually do that, you know. And so from day dot, when we developed Temple Spa, we wanted to pour into it the wisdom that we knew. You know, literally like having a baby and just saying this child is going to be an expression of both of us and it's going to have excellence, um, you know, through its veins. But also it's going to bring you a smile. And, you know, I'm a very warm person. I'm not a cold person. I'm a very warm person. So not hugging has been, you know, absolutely dreadful for me in the last year Um, i give metaphoric hugs if, if not physical ones but i from day one we decided there were going to be three things that we wanted to be known for one was texture the next was fragrance and then the next was performance and so we trotted off to our labo- lab- laboratories. We, we work with one in the UK and we work with um, one in Switzerland. Now we work with one in Italy. But in the early days, we, we took ourselves off to this um, beautiful facility in Switzerland. And I was a little intimidated by the fact that I knew the audience were all leading biochemists, doctors of uh, biochemistry. And I'm not. I didn't even do chemistry GCSE. So, but I can converse with um, chemists. And the reason I can converse with them is because I do it in a layman's way. So we did something really fun. I mean, obviously, I had a proper brief where we could explain to them what the concept of the brand was. And I think you probably remember, Emma, that Mark and I had taken a year out between Virgin and starting Temple Spa and had traveled throughout the Mediterranean. And that's where we gleaned the inspiration for the brand. And we decided that it, although it was a, a British brand, we wanted it to kind of a Mediterranean soul. So we knew that we were going to go to the Mediterranean larder to find, you know, our lovely ingredients like pomegranates and um, avocados and tomatoes and olives and all of that good stuff. So that was our starting point for ingredients um but at the end of the day you know you will judge a product by first of all its texture i think we all probably put products on the back of our hand first of all that's why journalists and editors have always got beautiful hands cuz they constantly try lovely
0: products but my and
1: left hand is definitely your left hand <laughs> indeed <laughs> um so first of all was texture so what i did was i passed round the chemists a wool sweater And I said, I want you all to feel this wool sweater. Close your eyes and imagine that you've taken your dog for a walk on a beach. And it's a a hard walk. So you start to sweat. What's going to happen? 10 minutes time, you're going to feel your neck scratching and your body scratching and you're going to want to rip it off. How about this? Then I passed around a cashmere sweater and said, just feel this. Now, if you wore this, it would be like a second skin. It is so luxurious. It is so beautiful. It becomes part of you. And at the end of the day, even if you've worn it for 10 hours, it still feels good. And you get lots of hugs when you wear cashmere because it feels so nice. That's what we want for our products. Then the next sensory was, of course, smell. And I don't care how good something is. If you don't like the smell, it's you're just not going to want to use it and uh, so uh, the smell has got to be very important but the third thing is performance because anybody will buy anything once Uh, but one of our best-selling products believe it or not is uh, winners of the soul which is a beautiful eye treatment and um, the reason why it's best-selling is because we know that on average people buy it three times a year so that tells me that they they try it once and you know they suddenly look in the mirror and think Yeah, I really do look less tired, just like it says on the bottle. Mm -hmm. But actually, over time, I am noticing that it is ironing out some of the little creases and it is making me look less puffy and it is alleviating some of my darkness. I'm going to buy it again. So performance has got to be key because that's what delivers. Um, So they have always been our three pillar um, principle. And to this very day, we're kind of known by our chemists as the cashmere brand. So um, (laughs) that's kind of what we desire. And also very much lifestyle, because I think we're all very busy. We're all doing too much with too little. We're all on overload and stress has just become an accepted condition. Um, And so I think we really want a temple spa to be a reminder to kind of just Love yourself. Just take some time. In fact, our motto is to our uh, out to our customers, just love who you are. That's, that's our greatest desire is that people connect with themselves and love themselves enough to be not just kind to other people, but kind to themselves. And we think our products are a kind of tool in the hand towards that wellness
0: I have to say I use Truffle Delight this morning and every time I use that, I am absolutely take. I always am taken aback by how silky it is. Isn't it beautiful? Lovely texture.
1: Yeah, I know. Well, I remember when I saw you first of all, Emma, I wanted to say with all my heart, and I wanted to believe it was true to tell you everything was flying off the shelves. Of course, that's not true. You know, it takes a long time to build a brand. And I used to be so envious of listening about other brand leaders that would say, oh, yes, we launched this and it just flew off the shelves. And I used to sort of stand in Harrods and look at our products on the shelf and think, when's it going to fly off the shelf? And I remind myself it takes time. And now, in fact, it does. You know, we're one of the best uh, top brands in Harrods 18 years later, which we're very grateful for. But going back some, I think that... um, eventually you start knowing your customer you start knowing what they want and they pull it out of you mm-hmm. so the fact that we launched truffle delight came out of customers saying i love skin truffle but it's a little bit rich for me because my skin is more on the combination um, or lighter side so out of it we produced truffle delight which is this lovely fresh kind of version and it's it's gorgeous and it is flying off the shelves (laughs) that is true that is true now (laughs)
0: um it's very much a family when I think of Temple Spa and I'm using and I'm using the products as much as I think about what it's going to do for me because obviously (laughs) I want it to make me look and feel good I also am very much aware because I know your story about the fact that it is it's this family you work with your husband it feels like a real and even when I've spoken to people Who work there you see that it is such a family team of people how important has it been for you uh for the business to feel and to be such an intimate team and how do you think it influences the business
1: oh i really really think it does i if i could if i could have an idealistic picture of what temple spa looks like it is one of those beautiful long dining tables in Tuscany, um, where we're all having this fabulous meal together, drinking wine, eating great food, all different age groups, we've got everyone from the nonna down to the teenager, and we are laughing and we're doing life. And that is a picture that I hold in my mind's eye. And it was a picture we had to have when there was just the two of us. Because I remember when Mark, um, we had our business cards printed and all we did was just choose the same titles as we had before. He's CEO, I'm managing director. And a friend looked at his business card and he kind of laughed. He mocked Mark and he said, CEO of what? And Mark said, you have no idea what I see in my mind's eye. You have no idea. And here we are, 20 years later, we employ 100 staff. We're in 10 countries around the world. We have four and a half thousand lifestyle consultants that we've put into business. And it's phenomenal. And, um, but it's been because I think we have a very parental style of management. We're like a typical parent couple. You know, it's one day Mark can be super soft. And I look at him and think, you spoil them. (laughs) (laughs) And then the next day he'll say, you're too harsh or, you know, but we have a parental style of management because there is a strong degree of care um, and pastoral care, but we also have a great sense of humor and um we don't take ourselves too seriously. What we do is very serious, um, but we don't take ourselves too seriously. So people love it here if they can feel they can be themselves, truly to be able to be yourself and to be recognized for your giftings and not just your skill and what you've done before, but you as a person. You know, we are very human. Um we're a human business and I think it trickles through the brand and I think we're a very human brand and it's one. It isn't, you know, I've known businesses where they've, they've got one image out there in the marketplace and then you go and visit their head office or you meet the people and think there's a dissonance. So I think we are what we are. And um, people who do life with us, they'll say, oh, you know, whether you if, if you're with Liz and Mark on a Saturday night in their home and they're doing a barbecue, they're the same people that they will be on a Wednesday afternoon in a business meeting. You know we're very driven we're very driven by excellence mark is a you know he's by profession uh, a german trained engineer so he loves precision and excellence and and um, he's pedantic about detail when i can be the other i just cast the big picture and i'm very creative and very extrovert so it works and i think uh i would honestly say our staff love it
0: if they don't they leave <laughs> <laughs> Well, that's one really crucial element of the business. But is is the Mediterranean the secret ingredient?
1: Well, I think it was very magical. I think it was meant to be. I think it was very serendipitous. We were there traveling. We renewed our vows at the end of um, that period of travel um, in Cyprus. And I think we felt like we owed it almost to that amazing experience to bring that wisdom, the wisdom of the diet, the wisdom of the landscape, the architecture, the people, um, everything I think we really came alive when we were there. We gave birth to our ideas. So it felt it would be it's a bit like when a child is named by wherever they were conceived. You know, mm. you see a little girl called India, and it's like, yeah, we were on a we were trekking in India when you were conceived. It, it sounds a bit cheesy, but I mean that for us, we were in the Mediterranean when Temple's Bar was conceived, and we had to be really brave. Because it would have been easy just to go out and take other jobs and manage other businesses, but we were ready. So yes, I think it is important and of course it's proven in the fullness of time to have set us apart It is distinct to not just have it in terms of graphics and put lavender on things it's not token it's genuinely we don't have any ingredients that aren't kind of from the mediterranean we're often shown things that are wonderful from japan or whatever but we resist them because it's like no we've got to stay true to our roots
0: Mm. and if someone's listening to this and they they obviously know of temple spa but maybe they haven't dabbled yet what product would you love everyone to try and why is it such a good ambassador for your brand?
1: Mm. It's so difficult to pick one because, as you can tell, I'm verbose, so I speak too many <laughs> words. So uh, it was very difficult to pick one. But if I had to pick a desert island product or I had to say one that really brings together the kind of essence of Temple Spa, it would have to be Repose. And it was one of our first products that we produced and it is our number one best selling product. And um, what it is, it's um, kind of affectionately called an aromatherapy resting cream or a good night's sleep in a jar, because I think when we all try and rest, be that, you know, a a power nap in the afternoon at the weekend or um, it's truly when we go to bed, most people have got so much mental chatter that to quieten down and to actually, you know, take sleep seriously is incredibly hard. If if you're blessed with being able to sleep, well, good for you, because I think most people do struggle with sleep Mm. um, and anxiety and all that stuff that kind of comes to you when you rest. So we felt as well as resting your skin, being like a kind of sedative to the skin with the ingredients that we would choose, like hops, Uh, It's very vitamin rich and we've got a beautiful blend of 10 essential oils in it um, at a skincare level. So they're not they don't sensitize your skin, but they just the minute that you put repose onto your skin, it becomes like a nightly ritual. And it just causes you to just slow down. And um, 10 years ago, uh, no, more than 10 years ago, probably 20 years ago, in all honesty, I would put my hands up in front of me sitting up in bed And just my mantra was, thank you, thank you, thank you. And just get in a spirit of gratitude. So that's your last thought, because your last thought usually is your first thought in the morning. So just to settle down, and no matter what is going on in your life, be thankful, I am alive, I am breathing, I'm going to have a good night's sleep, and this is going to help me. So it's this jar of loveliness that sits by the side of your bed, and it's like a blessing. I mean, we've got even though we, um, you know, we share a bed. Mark has his on his side of the bed and I have mine on my side <laughs> of the bed because, you know, it, I would literally have a panic attack if it wasn't there. Um, but even if during the day you sort of um, feel like I, it's a bit of a slumber day, you know, I'm just going to put my hair in conditioner, no makeup. I'm just going to just uh, maybe do a bit of yoga and just have a lovely, easy day. Then I would put uh, repose on my skin like a mask and just leave it on for a couple of hours and two hours later you can quite literally see the tiredness leave your face so it's good for your soul and good for your skin and I think that is the essence that's what we try to achieve with all of our products but yes if I had to pick one that would that would be my take to my grave product
0: well you've definitely sold it to me I want to go and slap it on immediately (laughs) after this Uh Right. So the last 18 months have been quite a challenge as we've already alluded to during this conversation. But um, do you think the industry has fundamentally changed as a result permanently? And if so, how?
1: Well, Emma, this probably sounds a little strange, but I don't spend a great deal of time looking at the competition and looking at the industry. I have never found it very helpful. I am focused on what I'm doing, and that is not in any way meant to sound arrogant, but I've got a big job to do, so I have to stay very focused on Temple Spa. And not too concerned about what other people are doing i 'm aware of course I am, but i 'm not a person that gets fifty emails from competitor brands in every day that 's just not my way of doing life. but I do feel the pulse and I do sense what 's on in the going on in the ether and um We were on holiday, actually, and we'd had a cruise and we were just spending the last few days in Barbados at the beginning of 2020 when people start to talk about this virus in China. And it was like, oh, that's a bit of a nuisance. And uh, that's all anybody thought. And then in a very short space of time, of course, it hit the whole world. And I couldn't believe how quick it was affecting everyone. And on the 23rd of March, all of our staff left. At the offices, and we had to think how are we going to face the future? All of our hotels closed. We're in hundreds of hotels around the globe. And of course, overnight they closed. All of our spas closed all around the world. They all closed. And I'm sure a lot of business owners thought we're dead. We're, we're this game over. And uh, we were entering our 21st year and we intended to have lots of parties and celebrations and and it wasn't going to look very good on my life book to say, oh yes, and it all closed down in 2021. So because our backs were against the wall, we thought, what are we going to do? And we've got a sales force of about 2000 consultants. It's like a kind of franchise operation where we give business opportunities to mainly women, but men as well. They're empowered to have their own business. And the next news was, we're in lockdown they can't go in people's homes because they go into people's homes and do pop-up spas and and classes and gatherings with friends and you know they couldn't do that so it's like what on earth are we going to do so what we had to do was think about a different business model and thank god for, for zoom is all i can say because we were able to turn that concept into a virtual class And so we galvanized our sales force and said, look, if you're furloughing or you're homeschooling or you're in lockdown or whatever, it doesn't matter. Because as long as you can get on a screen, you are an influencer um, and you do have your own uh, database and your own network. So offer to come into people's homes. People were starting to have cocktail parties on Zoom and trying to adapt to life and circumstances and connect with people. So we turned it into an advantage And it has literally transformed our business. I mean, we are doing double what we were a year ago. We have doubled our business um, and we've doubled our number of consultants. We've gone from 2,000 consultants to nearly 4,500 consultants in a year. So we've given business opportunities um, to people And it's absolutely incredible. So I can't say what our competitors are doing. I can only say what we're doing. But I think certainly industry has had to accept the fact you better get good at digital. You Mm -hmm. better find other ways. And fortunately for us, not for other people, but fortunately for us, we've never really relied on bricks and mortar um, for our temple spa business. You know, we've had our products in spas. And again, through our consultant network, um, that's been how they've marketed the brand, so fortunately for us we've turned a problem into an opportunity and it's um it's been so fruitful, and we're very, very grateful and now we're just able to start to do life together with people we've got most of our consultants are saying i'm going to do both yes i I will celebrate being able to go to people's homes and um and do it physically, have a facial and and have a class physically. But what they were doing was we had to immediately um, prepare a massive sampling program. And so what happened was a consultant would find a host who would love to have some um, friends to a class and they would do a consultation with each guest before they came. And then at the class, people would open their tappers as we call them, this lovely box of tappers, give themselves a facial, have a lovely instruction. And in an hour, they felt terrific. And then they'd go on to buy the brand and become kind of advocates for the brand, really. So it's amazing what can happen in the midst of a disaster. And that is not in any way to trivialize or minimize how awful it's been for so many people. Um, And we can't wait to open our spas. Uh, They're all starting to open now. And then next month, it's going to be hotels. So bring it on. We want that. We want that world back with us. But Mm. what we did was we adapted
0: so what you said earlier about being agile and nifty, that was one of the things that you wanted to be able to do.
1: Mm, yes. And it forced us. We'd all, we'd been thinking about doing it, but sort of, it was one of those projects that we just thought, Oh, you know, maybe, maybe next year, well, we were forced to otherwise game over. And so um, we have just our whole um, internet business, our online business templespar.com, as well as our uh, spa to go businesses just gone through the roof. And we're very, very grateful.
0: I've absolutely loved hearing about your story because I think your career is such an interesting one and your insights are so fascinating but thank you also for uh, sharing the story of Temple Spa because it's such a fascinating kind it's, it's a hug of a brand isn't it <laughs> You're talking about hugging. it's a very safe comforting brand so thank you for sharing that story too.
1: You're so welcome and
0: it's so wonderful to talk to you Emma as well keep up the great work Thank you. Listeners, the links to Temple Spa, to Liz, everything that we have talked about, and of course to Repose, will be in the show notes. But Liz, thank you so much for coming on the podcast.
1: Thank you, Emma. All the best. Bye-bye
0: thank you so much for listening i do hope you enjoyed that conversation with liz and me if you'd like to get in touch with me then please don't hesitate to email me on thebeautypodcast at gmail.com or you can dm me on instagram and twitter where i'm at emma guns or if you want to chat to me and thousands of other listeners of this podcast then click the link in the show notes which can be found wherever it is you are streaming and downloading this episode and click the link to join the facebook forum i cannot wait to see you there and to start chatting with you thanks for listening i'll see you on the next one